Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. Well, gee, it's March 13th. It's the oh. first day of spring break. Yeah. Do you think anybody's listening? Well, I, I, I'd like to say yes. Maybe overseas <laughs> or something. Um, somewhere. They might listen somewhere. later in the week, but yeah. I think they're just kind of. And I'm. I don't know. I know Mrs. Underwood. Your uh, your anniversary was February 14th. Yes. Uh, my my anniversary. 24th wedding anniversary is March 13th. Is that 2023? right? 2023, yes. Yeah. Congratulations. 24 years. America. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Very cool. Life well yeah. lived. I, Amen. I think so, and pretty excited, and excited to have our friend uh, Mrs. Underwood back again. Yeah, uh, and thank last you. week yeah. we enjoyed kind of a, a time of recollection and, and remembering over 32 years of Christian education experience nope. as Donna approaches at the end of 32 the year. years at NCS. 32 years yes. at NCS. Plus the 14 that. at, uh, yeah. again, we're not doing that math because no. it's spring break, but that's uh, <laughs> a lot. Because yes. we don't have to do Because we don't have to do yeah. the math. That's right. So tremendous contribution to, to Northwest Christian. Uh, but today we want to talk through um, something that's near and dear to you right now, and that's this idea of transition. Right. This notion of change and you know as you and I talked uh, before about recording this episode and we talked about potential topics of conversation I was kind of surprised because you almost immediately reflected on how important you've come to understand changes in the life of a believer and what is I mean it would seem to me as though the Lord's speaking to you in this season about change what is he saying what are you learning when it comes to change? Well, I have to go back to when I was director of curriculum instruction. And what happened back then is I became a change agent. And I believe all directors in that position are change agents. You are looking at what's good and retaining it, but there's always something to look at. Um, If you have a table full of objects and you keep adding them, eventually things start to fall off the edge and you have to figure out what you're going to keep and what you get rid of. And back then, I began to look at why was change important. And looking at where I am today, why is change important? Well, every organism that is dynamic is going to change. Every organization that's dynamic. Dynamic means it's alive. And change is essential. So back when I was DCI, I said, why are people so resistant? And I came across this quote in... um, Tozer's book, Knowledge of the Holy, and he goes through the characteristics of God, things that are specific to him. So one of them was his immutability or his inability to change. And Tozer said that when people struggle with change, it is because they are seeking the immutable. They are seeking the Father that does not change. And I thought that was beautiful because I thought, really, that's true. It's sometimes we can say, oh, you're afraid of change because you don't know, or it's exposing your weaknesses, or it's exposing what you don't know. And certainly those things are true when we ask to change. And as I go to to retirement, I don't know what to expect. I remember being nine months or eight months pregnant with my um, oldest and thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. Because I knew what being a wife looked like. I did not know what being a mom looked like. 
But the next thing with Tozer's, that particular chapter is, aren't we glad that change is possible because without it, we would not have redemption in Christ. We could not become believers if the change was not possible. So change is necessary, change is possible. And as I look ahead, I know that God has plans for me. He made me on purpose for a purpose too. It's not just about kids. Sometimes as adults, we're so intense on making sure kids get the message that we miss it. Yeah. And so I love that. I love the fact that I am dynamic and I am changing. From a from a biology perspective, you know, one of the interesting things that you as you study biology, one of the first things you learn is you would think that life, biology is the study of life, has a common definition. It doesn't. Mm. Uh, there is no definition universal mm. for for life. Instead, there are a series of uh, things that we use to describe things that are alive, and one of those descriptors is the ability to grow and change. And in fact, from a biological perspective, once you have stopped assimilating, once you have stopped growing and increasing your capacity, you immediately begin the biological processes that lead towards death. I think that's fascinating, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I agree with and, that. And I think that's that's key, is that we need to realize, even as, as our, in our life in Christ, that mm-hmm. we constantly have this opportunity to grow and assimilate. In that moment we stop right. is a very dangerous moment. And and I I I think that's, you know, something we need to remember as as believers. Um, the other thing, you know, with regards to students, one of the things that we have seen with regards to change over these last few years grew out of COVID. And I think right. it really accentuated uh, something I've heard you say often, and that's this notion that when we coach a student through change, it builds flexibility. Mm-hmm. And out of that flexibility, uh, flexibility gives rise to resilience. Yes. And one of the sad things that, that happens is that if you're a parent and you're not allowing for challenges, you're not allowing yeah. for changes, you don't ever see that flexibility develop. And, and students then lose the capacity for resilience. Can you talk a little bit about that, Donna, in terms of your experiences through the co- the whole adventure that was COVID? I, I, I think anytime you come across the unknown, um, if, you're, if your roots go pretty deep in Christ, even if you don't have the answers, you can trust him. But through COVID, we began to see um, what was true about all of us, right? What, yeah. what our fears were, what our, uh, when we saw opportunity and things like that. And Jeff, I, you've said it well, but I'll, I'll repeat from my perspective. Um, when kids are allowed to experience difficult things, and as a parent, we never would put them in a difficult position. We rarely would put them in a difficult position to just watch them flounder. But the value of hard things is it does produce character. That's scriptural and yeah. character proven hope and hope does not disappoint because God has placed his son in our hearts. Right. We want our kids to learn to overcome adversity. About 10 years ago, I read an article that was moving from the intelligence quotient to the emotional quotient to the adversity quotient. And all people know what an IQ is. It's the ability to learn easily. What scientists and researchers began to realize is the ability to learn easily did not equate to success. 
So it's great to learn easily, just like it's great to, you know, maybe have a little more financial wherewithal, but it doesn't equal success. So then they begin to look at the emotional quotient, kids that could delay gratification, kids that could understand what it meant to wait, what it meant to see, uh, to wait to see the value of something. And that is a huge character piece. But scientists and researchers once again began to look and say, why is that not producing the same level of success that we'd expect? These kids are understanding intellectually that maybe you have to wait for um, a reward and things like that. And they began to look and say, it's the adversity quotient. When kids can face adversity and be able to get through adversity and respond appropriately to adversity saying, this is hard. I'm going to have to kind of dig deeper. Kind of like um, there was a point in Rwanda the first time I went where the hotel we got didn't match our expectations. And I told everyone to sit down and be quiet. We were going to pray. I didn't know what to do. I was in a different country. I didn't have the map. We saw God provide amazingly, and it's changed all of us that were on that trip because we saw God open a door, and literally we walked with a guard from one compound to another, and it was like we got to Oz, the, the the walls were gold. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the couches were red. It was beautiful. With kids, learning to teach them to deal with difficult things and to dig deep, that begins to produce character, and that change in them is good because they know the next time they can then face it. I know as young parents, and I work primarily with young parents in my part of the program, we do want to protect our kids, and I know they've been accused of being helicopter parents and lawnmower parents and all the rest. I think the intention is always good, but the value of having to handle difficult things, maybe with a coach by your side, can't be understated. These kids will come across difficult things, and if the first time they face adversity is in a workplace or in the university or in the military, yeah. the possibility of them doing well isn't quite as good as if they've had to face it as a first grader saying to another friend, you can't treat me that way. Or as a third grader coming to the teacher and saying, I don't know why I got that grade. Can you help me understand it? Or as a middle schooler saying to maybe an administrator, there's something going on that you need to know about. Our kids learn to handle hard things by doing them, not by being told about You're them. Right. And in the midst of change, that will change us. I watch in um, as the oldest child, a family of three, the oldest child goes to college. And those next two have often thought, of, what can I do for these kids? They begin to flounder because they're scared of change. Their unit, as they've known it, is completely Different. changing. Yeah. And they don't know what to do with it. And I've watched wise parents let that number two begin to take leadership in the home instead of just being afraid. Yeah. Change is important for who we are. There's an article that from an article I shared with you. It's, the article is called "Why Change is Good for Your Child." And there's a quote that jumped out at me. I want to read this. Actually, a couple of quotes, and and have you kind of react to these. Um, the first one says, "We all know some consequences of change that may be undesirable: yelling, screaming, tantrums, meltdowns, etc." When this happens, we should remember that research in neuroscience has shown that a child, especially under five, the regulatory part of their brain is not developed yet, hence they lack the brain capacity to control themselves or manage their impulsive feelings. They also lack a sense of time, which means their attention is on the here and now, planning or thinking about the near future 
what it may hold is quite challenging. However, they would have the basic skills of sequencing, first, next, last, such as the recalling steps for putting on a shoe. You know, the idea of first putting on the socks, mm -hmm. next put on the shoe. Children see the world. This is the key part. I love this. Yeah. Children see the world through their parents' eyes. In order for the child to adapt to changes quickly and effectively, parents play an important role. The relationship established with the parent determines how they understand and interact with the world. Mm. So, you know, simply stated, yeah. you know, the, the child is looking to the parent for cues. Yes. Here's something that my, my brain neurologically can't even process this correctly. Yeah. Right. I don't have the ability to, to put this into context and make good decisions. So I'm going to look to my parents. Show me. Yeah, show Teach me how me. this is done. Yeah. And if, if you're flipping out and, and losing it every time there's a challenge or there's there's change, that's what the child is going to internalize. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I know that right now we are seeing, I'll get back to your question, but it, unprecedented anxiety in the lives of our kids. And we're blaming COVID and we're blaming the political culture. I think sometimes kids are co-regulating. They're looking at the anxiety of their parents in the midst of, has God changed? He has not. He is immutable. And yet we get so fearful that parents are articulating and f feeling so much anxiety that their kids are coming because they are co-regulating. They're basing their Watching. anxiety off of their parents. Yeah. I think um, I go back to a situation where I was working with a child in discipline, and um, I heard you, Jeff, say to the parents, the way you, re you handle this moment will inform your child's memory for here on out. And I think we as parents often forget that we are living a model. We've all heard cat in the cradle. We've, heard, we've seen the analogy of walking in the footsteps. But we forget the moment by moment that the way I handle this will inform their view of change. It might be as simple in my world is not getting the teacher that you wanted or the friends that you wanted in the class. And could it be that a Heavenly Father cares about those details and there's a reason? Yeah. I know uh, my daughter Joanna, when I was teaching, did not get into my third grade class because the principal at that time would not allow the teacher to have their own kids. So she was in a different te teacher's class and all of her friends were in my class. And mm. to say she was mad would be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> that was the year that Amber Perona was a new student at Northwest, and she was placed in Joanna's class. Mm. Joanna would never have found Amber that year, at least, if she had been with all of her other friends. But God, in his yeah. great plan, allowed them to become best friends, which to this day, they are. She's Joanna's going to be in Amber's wedding coming up in a couple months. She just got engaged. Did she? Yeah. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, you May 28th, she's social media, Mr. Brown. Yeah. And, and Mrs. Underwood heard other but, ways, but I've heard the social media. Yeah, just I really feel strongly that we trust that when our plans are not met and they are changed by a Heavenly Father, that we can trust what's happening. Um, I, I understand that I now have the perspective of age. I often will say in our staff meetings, I'm the old lady in the room. I have the perspective of age, but God hasn't changed. And so right. when situations come up to us that we're like, I don't like this. I don't like that the lunch menu changed. I don't like that yeah. the topic was brought up with my kids. 
trust that there's a loving Heavenly Father that's guiding this process. The change that comes in helping your kids navigate the waters of unexpected, navigate the waters of having to do hard things, is good for them. Yeah. And what do we have here? We have a um, situation where we are supporting Christian parents. We're not the first line of Christian communication. Our parents are. We're just supporting them. Right. And we want to support you in that. That's so great. I mean, it's so... Yeah. And I, I, I believe, too, if Joanna wouldn't have met Amber and she would have just been disappointed, there was something there for her, whether we see it or yes. not. Yes, right. Because so, sometimes we don't get that bow. We don't get the, uh, right. um, the happy uh, ending. Sometimes it's just, you know, things are hard. And, uh, and I think kids have to know that, that sometimes things are hard. Well, I have another. Sarah was in a class in sixth grade that was particularly difficult. Yeah. The life lesson on this is great because uh, it doesn't matter how it was, how they were put together. It was a particularly difficult class. At the end of the year, and we talked about it often. We prayed together. She didn't have any friends in her class. At the end of the year, she said, oh, it's over. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, it's over. I got through the year. And our lesson was yeah. hard things don't last forever. That's great. That was a good lesson. We've taken that. Sarah served time in the military. Yeah. I can get through this, Mom. It won't last forever. That's great. Yeah. That's great. This has been good. Donna, thank yeah. you. This is, I mean, invaluable conversation. And, and yeah. again, we're just. Advice and parenting. Yeah. yeah. As a school, deeply, deeply grateful. Absolutely. For, for your contributions. And, and what a great conversation. I want to jump in. School's going to change when I leave. It should. Yeah. It should. Yeah, better. Yeah. I didn't do everything right. And yeah. my re my weaknesses will be reflected. The next person will come in and fix things. Yeah. They may change things, and that's good. They should. They have the right to lead. Wisdom. Yeah, big time. Should we do this again tomorrow, Mr. Brown? We should. One All more right. day tomorrow. March 14th. Yeah. Let's bring her back. Enjoy All your right. spring break, and I hope you enjoy this time with uh, Donna J. Underwood. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God bless you. All All right. Bye-bye. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.